You know, we've, we've, been, we've been fellowshipping. We've been praising him in song. We've just praised him and, and just acknowledging things and the things that we're going to have going on to glorify him. And now, the most important thing that he left us with, he left us with two things that are the most important things in this life. Jesus tested those two things out with his life. He had two things that sustained him. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And just like in Matthew 4, whenever he, there was his temptation for 40 days and 40 nights, every, he was led by the Spirit, which is what he was testing for us, and the Word of God. And everything through the Holy Spirit was, it is written, it is written. And so those two things are the things that we have today to prepare us in life. And so the, the most important thing is to be filled with that Spirit and then being filled with that Spirit allows us to understand the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says down at the very bottom, the last four verses, it says that the Word of God is spiritual. It is, it is a spiritual thing. It is God-breathed. And the world and people of the world cannot understand it. In fact, it is foolishness to them, but to those of us, it is most precious. And that the carnal mind cannot accept it, but the spiritual things of God are understand through the Spirit of God. And so that's why we take a moment to pray at first, to prepare our hearts and our minds and to be filled with that Holy Spirit of God so that then the word becomes alive to us whenever we study it. So prepare your hearts and minds and prayer, and I will close this out in a minute. Father in heaven, as we, we have been preparing, we've been praising you, and now we are preparing. That's the first thing that you told Joshua and those last week as we're studying this crossing of the Jordan. Preparation, be prepared. We're going to have that word come up in, in our study today too, Father. We are now preparing our hearts and our minds to be filled with your Holy Spirit to understand these words, Father. And I just pray that these words will be powerful to your people. This is your body of Christ. This is your people, Father, the sheep of your pasture. And they want to feed upon your manna from heaven. Father, make this word today real to them. Let it, let it sink in and let, let the light go on and the aha moment and let this word be powerful to them, Father. And then when it is, may we in our life glorify you, Father. May you be glorified. May you be exalted. You are the living and awesome God. And may we be challenged by what we hear today from your holy word, which lives and abides forever. And we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Are you ready?
Joshua chapter 3, if you want to turn your Bibles there. Man, it's going to be, today is an awesome day. It's a day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice in it. And I can just feel some power that he has going on already. Prepare to sanctify yourselves, as Joshua said last week, because the Lord wants to do some great things, some wonderful works among you. Last week, we talked about this journey. We've been in Joshua now, the book, for about four weeks. We talked about Rahab a little bit. We talked last week about the preparation in chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, to get ready to cross over into the Jordan. Whenever we, we did that, we saw some, some uh, steps for success through that. The first things that, that he said was is that you had to prepare yourself, but you had to, to do that. You had to get to the banks to where you need to be to get ready to cross. You couldn't stay back in the camp. You can't be in your comfortable place. You can't just sit back and relax. you got to get ready and get up and get ready to be marching and to go forward. And so that was what we saw in the first thing. And then it said, Joshua said, for in three days we're going to cross over. And we took a look at what that three days mean. And that three days always refers back to the three days of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it stands for the power that we have through the victory. It reminds you that the victory is already won. Whenever you see three days, know that my victory is already won. We are walking in the power of the Lord's resurrection by the power of God. And so that now we are getting ready to cross over because he has already went on before us. He is going to, to be uh, ahead of you as you go to get ready to cross. The, so the three days reminds us of that power that is in there. And then it said, keep your eyes fixed on the ark. The ark represents the Lord Jesus. And so we are to keep our eyes fixed upon him as we get ready to cross over and to go on this journey because we're going to find out in the next week that whenever you cross over, you got to be prepared for battle because that's the land of conquest. Everybody always thought, to Canaan's land I'm on my way where the soul of man never dies. And they always looked at it as like that heavenly realm from, from that hymn. But no, that's not what it is. If you look, the first thing they're going to do is go to the walled city of Jericho and try to get the walls to fall down through the power of God. So it, there ain't that kind of wars in heaven, is there? So we're not talking about crossing over into, into heaven's realm. We're talking about you are becoming a new child in Christ Jesus. And whenever you cross that realm, you are now in a battle. So you better be armed and prepared and getting ready for it. Right? So... That's what we've been finding out up to this point. So keep your eyes on the ark, the Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and to be ready to follow him as we go to battle with the enemy. And now, if you're ready with me, uh, we saw that the priests were instructed to take up the ark of the covenant. Remember that? It said that they passed before the face of the people so that everyone could see who's going ahead of us. The death, burial, the resurrection, the three days, the power is right there. The ark is going to go and it's going to cut off the waters. It's going to be the one that prepares the way. And we saw that the waters always represented death and the, the, the burial and the confusion. And the, that is going to be cut off by the Lord Jesus. The ark is going to go and when the souls of the priests touch the water, the water, it says, will be cut off. This one will keep flowing. This way will stack up and roll back for 30 miles 
as they get as they are all crossing over and it's taking place but they passed the ark in front of everyone so they knew what they were going to be looking for and who they're supposed to follow as they go across and he said by this whenever they step in and that water backs up by this you will know that the Lord God is in your midst so that's and he will without fail and we drove that home he will without fail deliver you and take care of you. He will drive out your enemies before you without fail. And Joshua, he says, what do you mean? What are we supposed to know? That the living God is in your midst. That word means surrounding you. And in the New Testament, it means to be inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. The Lord is within you. And he said, then he said, behold, which is a word that like if you're in the, in the service, whenever they, you're on that ship and they go, now hear this, now hear this. That's what the word behold means. He says, he's telling the people, behold, now hear this. And he starts giving them some word. We get ready to cross. This is where we're going. We got to have undaunted faith. And the moment they touch the water, you're going to know that God is with you. So don't be afraid when you cross over because the victory is already won. And now, that kind of catches everybody up to speed. If you're there with me in Joshua chapter 3, I'm going to break out the book because we got a long reading. We're going to read from verse. To reveal everything that he's revealed to me this week. Because I've been floored and I've had tears running down my cheeks all weeks from everything that this symbolizes what we're getting ready to read. So I want you to look at this. This is the holy word of God. It's been there for a long, long time. And it's just as true today as it was then. And I want you to see the power and the symbolism that's in it. Chapter 3, verse 11, beginning says, Behold, there's that word. Now hear this, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, it shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and that the, the waters that come from downstream come down from upstream, they shall stand up as a heap. And so it was that whenever the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests who were bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water 
for the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the time of the harvest, and that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose, and it rode back very far away, all the way back to a city called Adam, the city that is by Zerertan. And as the waters that went down from the sea that was flowing the other way towards Arabah, or the salt sea, that failed. It continued to flow while this one heaped up and it prepared the opening. And the people, the waters failed and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And the priests who bore the ark of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over Jordan. How many did we lose? None. Chapter 4. And it came to pass that when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves those twelve men from the people, the one man from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. And you shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. And Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, the one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on your shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children will ask you in the time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? What does it mean to you? Then you will answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. Notice it keeps making that, that word. And these stones, the waters were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded. And they took up the twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they carried them over to the place where they lodged, and they laid them down there. And then Joshua, now here comes Joshua. He, he's going to set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And those stones are there to this day. And so the priests who bore the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan, until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded. You see, we don't give up until the job's done. So they stood in the midst until it was finished what the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people hurried and they crossed over. Today's the day, folks. And then it came to pass that when all the people had completely crossed over, that the ark of the Lord and then the priest crossed over in the presence of the people before their face. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, 
And the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel. You see, those three wanted to camp on this side. They wanted to make their homes on this side of the Jordan, remember? And they asked about that, and they said, But you will cross over your men of war to go fight with your brethren in the conquest of the land over there. You can leave your families here. You can set up your homes here. But, but you're, you're going to go help with the battle. Notice, they were armed. And they were ready and they were prepared. And it says that they, they crossed over these two and a half tribes armed before the children of Israel as Moses had told them. 40,000 prepared themselves for war. Crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. And on that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they feared him as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. And then the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. And Joshua therefore commanded the priests saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass that when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come up from the midst of the Jordan, when the soles of their feet touched the dry ground, that the waters of the Jordan returned flowing back from the places where it had overflowed its banks. And all the people come up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. And they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. And then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, When? Your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then let your child say, Israel, tell them, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. You let them know what happened. That the Lord, your God, dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord, your God, did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us in our generation until we had crossed over. That all, here's the purpose, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord that is mighty and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Amen. God praise the reading of His holy and divine word. Are you ready? Now we read all that. Wasn't that a great story? Now you want to know what it means and how it applies to us? That's the cool part. That's the cool part is telling, letting, letting that Holy Spirit that we just prayed about, letting him inform us what all of this means for you and I. It says this. Everything that's written in the Old Testament was written for us. It was written with a purpose so that we might know these same things. All of this in a physical form is for a spiritual message to us today. It was written for our learning and for our enjoyment. So it had come to the point to every page points to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to see how it applies to him. Go back to chapter 3 verse 11 where we started. We're going to be here a while ain't we because this is a long passage. Now we're going to go quick. Chapter 3, verse 11, As the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth prepared to cross over the Jordan, Joshua gave a special assignment to some folks in verse 12. He told them, he said, Choose out from among you guys one man from each tribe to represent that. We're going to take 12 men, and I want you to let them sit right over here for a purpose while the rest of you are crossing over. 
And so they, they did that. And I thought, you know, sometimes, in my, when I was first a Christian, I heard about, man, you've got these gifts, you've got a purpose, you've got all that, what is it? For the longest time, I didn't know. You know what? Sometimes you just don't know yet what your purpose is, what your calling is, what your gift is, what you're supposed to do. Sometimes you're just supposed to stand around and watch for a minute. These folks had no idea why these 12 were sitting there. They had no idea why they're standing there. But they're watching what everybody else is doing. You know, sometimes I've got to just stand around and watch until the Lord makes known to me what my position and what my role is. It took about 30 years. It took Moses 40 out in the land of Midian. So sometimes it takes a while. So don't give up. Just wait until the Lord reveals to you what your purpose is and what it is. Until that time, you stay getting prepared with the word of God. They were all prepared. They, some knew what they were supposed to do. Some didn't yet. We're all in different stages of this thing. And he told them then, when the soles of the feet of the priest hit the, hit the water that bear the ark, that the, it's going to stop its flow and stack up like a dam. And I like how it says it there in the wording. It says that the waters were cut off. It's like, I got to think about that. It's like taking a scalpel, like a doctor taking a scalpel and slicing right through the middle of that. And that part stopped. This part flowed and opened up the barrier. You see, that represented the barrier between where I am and where God wants me to be. The place where I am and where I should be is the barrier. And right now it's getting cut off so that the opening can be there to come across that. So it cut off and this stacked up and then it says it got rolled back all the way back to a city called Adam, which if you look on the map is 30 miles. Now what's happening is it says because there's much water there because the Jordan overflows its banks every spring. What happens to the White River every spring? The rains come and it overflows, doesn't it? Last year, I pull up to the stop sign from Graveyard Road to 67 and I look over at Eddie's house and Lisa's and I say, it's not going to be long. They almost have oceanfront property because that river backs up through that field and then on the other side of that is Joni and Greg's house and that river backs up almost over to their house whenever it overflows its banks. Now, we're not talking about a little creek that they're getting ready to cross. We're talking about something like White River when it's overflowing its banks and it's going from your house to their house and do you think that you can cross that on foot if something miraculous doesn't happen? No. It's a miracle. And have you ever tried to cross through a muddy field? You're going to get... Try two million people going in columns. It is going to be, you couldn't do it. The Lord is going to cut that water off like a dam. It's going to roll back. This is going to clear out and that's going to be dry immediately so that two million people can cross over. And he says, when this happens, I want you to know something. It's so that you know that the Lord, the living God, is in your midst and he's getting ready to do some wonders among you and their first steps went in and this happened that's that flooded thing stopped and that all uh cleared out and they went across on dry land and it wasn't muddy or anything 
And then it was, I, we're, gonna, we're going somewhere with this cut off. You just stay with me because I'm keeping repeating it. But we're going somewhere with that. So it went back for 30 miles. And then when all the people, we didn't lose anyone. When all of them crossed over, they all got across. Now we turn the page because the Hebrew style of writing is, is that we give like the synopsis, the, a real quick of front to back. And then they like to go back and then come cover some of the things that was in between, some of the bits and pieces that, that you didn't get from just the front to the back thing. So now turn your page to chapter 4. So chapter 4, it says, When the people had crossed over, but see these 12 were still here on this side, the 12 men that had been chosen not to go across yet. It says that the Lord now is speaking to Joshua, and he's going to give to them the reason now they find the reason after a lot of people's done what they're supposed to do that you stayed over here. He said, take those 12 men, the ones that was from every tribe, and command them saying, each one of you go as you travel through the midst of the Jordan, you pick up a rock and you take it over with you to the other side. And there's, there's bunches of rocks in there. You're going to pick up some big ones. I got some sitting there by the feet of the priest and I want you to pick these up the feet of the priest is something else too. We'll get to that. But then it says, these were big rocks. And you say, how do you know they're big rocks? Because they had to put them on their shoulder. I'm not going to take a pebble, a piece of gravel, a little rock, and, and hike it on my shoulder. I'd look like a fool. But if I got a big rock, I'm going to go <clears throat> like that sack of potatoes and put it on my shoulder to carry it so that the core of my body is carrying it. And so this is a big rock that they're putting out there. Why? It's going to be a memorial, isn't it? Little pebbles is going to go down into the ground. They're going to blow away. If you're having a memorial forever for you to be able to bring your children back and tell them about this, these are big rocks. So they're grabbing big rocks. You take these 12 rocks, each one of you grab a big one, and you take it over to the other side. And then it says that Joshua is going to, to go in and he's going to come from that side, the, the far side that you crossed over to, and he's going to bring 12 big rocks back and put them at the feet of the priest. And it says in verse 9 there, Joshua's doing something special. I told you two weeks ago that Joshua is the Hebrew word for Savior. And the Hebrew word for Savior, Joshua, in the Greek is Yeshua. Or Jesus Christ. So he's a representative type. So what's he doing? Once these have crossed over from the place of death. The place of burial and death. That was underneath the water. They have taken the rocks from the place of death. And brought them over to a place of life. Yeshua. Joshua is going to take rocks from the place of the living. That thought they were alive. And he's going to put them into the river at the feet of the priest. These rocks are going to be buried underneath there. I'm telling you, the tears flowed this week whenever I, whenever I realized the symbolism that was going on there. You know what that symbolizes? That whenever I am baptized into Christ, my old man that was dead when I thought I was alive, was taken over to the other side and brought from the place of death. But what the Lord did in return 
was he took my fleshly part that was dead and he bore my sins on his body himself and placed them in that water where I was at and they were buried with him and crucified with him there and I no longer bear those stones. They're down there at the feet of the priest. Do you remember what the feet of the priest is? Blessed are those the feet of those who preach the gospel of good tidings. That represents the gospel of Christ that was preached. And whenever I believed, he carried my sins and dropped them in the middle of that water and left them there at the feet of those that had preached the good word of the news to me. And I bear that burden no more. He did that himself. I think I got a slide that was I'm supposed to have been on to here now. 1 Peter chapter 2 3 beginning says this if indeed you tasted from the feet of that message of the gospel of Christ that it was good and you've tasted that the Lord is gracious coming to him as a what a what a living stone what are we Man, you ought to be shouting right about now. We're living stones. We're the stones that's being taken from the place of death. And we are now living stones getting stacked up by those men over here. You are living stones. You was rejected by man but chosen by God. You are precious. And you, as living stones, are built up. It says they took those stones and set them up. You And I, as living stones, are being brought out of the water and put in as living stones built up as a holy priesthood, as a spiritual house unto God. And therefore it is contained in Scripture that our Lord is the chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he who believes in him will not be put to shame. Therefore to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the rock of offense. And they're in there too. Unbelievers stay in that water. The stones that are represented that stayed in the water and it's going to come across. And so the word of God tells us that we are these spiritual stones, this spiritual house that's been removed from the place of death unto life. And then it goes on to say down there in verse 24 at the bottom I put, and he... Remember what Joshua, Yeshua did? He himself took the 12 stones on his shoulder and put them back in the water. 1 Peter 2, 24. Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we, having died to sin, might now live under righteousness. Praise God. Do you see the beauty of the picture that's going on in this crossing and what is getting ready to happen? And I want you to think about something. Did the stones do anything themselves for what was going to happen? You and I can't save ourselves, can we? No. We, we, the only thing that we have involved in it is we're sitting at the feet of the priest and the gospel of good news is being preached and the ones who is doing it puts us on their shoulder and brings us that word brought us out of the place of death unto the place of life and my old man is going to be buried with him in baptism and crucified and left at the feet of where the good news was preached. Amen. That's what, that's what this was representing. Jesus bore him and brought it back and the rocks did nothing of their self. Either the, the, 
the message motivated and carried us out or the Lord did that with our sins. But we just listened and went with it where that took us. Eternal life. Now I want to tell you what's so special about the place where they camped that night. Gilgal. It says there that Gilgal is the place of camp. And he said you're going to take those stones and you're going to set them up in Gilgal where you're going to lodge this night and it's going to be a memorial. You know what the word Gilgal means? Circle. So what do you think that these stones were in probably when they set them up? Circle. Whenever you're married and they start talking about that little band as a circle, it represents what? Never ending, right? Something that that keeps going. A circle represents then eternal life. So your stone is set up in Gilgal, in the circle, in the place of eternal life is where our new stones are. And our old stones were taken and put back in the water and going to be flushed over and never seen again. It also means circle. It means a rolling away. A circle wheel means a rolling away, which all of it comes to mean never ending. What happened? Remember when we started out this journey, Joshua said in three days that all of this is going to start taking place. What happened after three days? The the death, burial, and resurrection, what got rolled away? The stones. The stone, you've seen those on the tombs, they're a big circle, and they roll it down, and it's slightly downhill, and you've got to roll that stone away. Do you see what's happening here in this? It's the circle. And on three days, when the stone was rolled away, eternal life was found and and the victory was won through Christ our Lord. This is all being represented in the scriptures here. Now, how does that represent to you and I today? Because we see it all affected, but what does it mean? Let's go to Romans chapter 6. I love this section of scripture. I don't know if you could I don't know if you can read that if not I hope you got your Bibles with you it looked good on the computer screen when I put it up there but I wanted you to see the celebration because Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound God forbid how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein know ye not that those of us who were baptized into Christ We're baptized into his death. That just as Christ was raised by God, the glory of God to everlasting life, so shall we be following that. And that's what that represented. What happened to those stones? I was dead in sin. I was in the place of death. This represents the burial, the place of death. I was in the place of death. But hearing the good news, I was taken 
out of the place of death into the place of eternal life at Gilgal as a memorial unto God to His grace and to His glory. And my old man, it says there in verse 4, was crucified with Him in baptism. When I died, when I was baptized, it says I was buried with Him in baptism unto death that like as Christ was raised up by the glory of the Father, even so we will walk in newness of life. And if I have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Those stones represent being planted in the likeness of his death and brought out of the place of death into the likeness of his resurrection. Glory be to God. Is that not a powerful description of what's going on here? It's all symbolic of us, for us, and what's going on this day. And they are removed forever, that old man, it says. And then it says this, the waters came back over it and covered up the old man that was buried and crucified with him in there. It covered him up and it is buried. And how long does it say it was gone to and covered up? Forever to this very day. They're still there. Forever. Those sins are covered up. They're buried. They're gone. They're f- it's forever. Now, something else. Remember I kept telling you how it said the waters were cut off. The waters were cut off. And the waters represented death, right? Because that's where we, that's the, we're planted in the likeness of his death in the water. It's the grave. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 11 gives us why he kept calling it being cut off. In Christ, you also are circumcised with a circumcision that's made without hands. Let me tell you, at eight days old, I don't remember it, but now it would be very painful, wouldn't it? You know, whenever you're old man of sin, that you die to self and die to sin, it, it can be painful. But... Whenever a circumcision happens, what has to happen? Something gets what? Cut off. And it gets what? Buried and tossed away and it's never seen again. So this is also when it says that those waters were cut off and it kept saying that, it was representing something. That in Christ, when we do this, not only is it the likeness of the death, burial, and the resurrection, but my old man of sin, was the flesh was cut off from me and left there to die we are circumcised now with the circumcision not made by hands in the cutting off of the body of flesh the sins by the circumcision of christ the ark that stopped the waters of death and my flesh is cut off and buried with him my stone my flesh is left buried in the jordan with him through baptism and my new life is resurrected as a new stone in gilgal as a monument and i want you to know something remember on birthdays i said it's fortunate you said that because it can go forward and back prayers can go forward and back guess what the work of christ the work of that ark cutting off the water in the middle of the jordan it goes forward and back there is not one word folks there's not one word in the word of god it's not there for a reason and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just drops a little hint there if we can pick up on it. It says that whenever the souls of the priests stepped in the water and the waters cut off, and it says that it rolled back, it built up and it rolled back for 30 miles. You remember what the city was? 
You remember what the city was in chapter 3? See, we just read over stuff, don't we? The city was Adam. How far was the waters of death rolled back to? All the way to Adam, 30 miles. All the way back to the beginning, wasn't it? He could have he left the city out where the waters rolled back to. It could have rolled back to another city. But for you and I to know if we catch the things that are spiritual, it was rolled back to Adam. And where did it flow forward to? All the way to the Dead Sea. The sins, when we cross over, it's in the Dead Sea and it's gone. They're gone. And it, wrote, it goes all the way forward. That death of Christ in the ark, when we partake of that Lord's Supper, it, it goes all the way to us, just like our prayers, what we're going to get ready to eat. And it rolled all the way back to Adam. He can cover what we've already ate too. You know what? We, we serve a powerful God. And he's saying that that barrier of death was taken all the way from Adam to the end. And it is all for the glory of God. This day shall, shall the Lord be glorified and do wonders among you. Whew. Wow. Man, there was just so much symbolism. I, ain't even, I didn't even get to the part that also represented where the Lord was baptized. If you look at where our Lord was baptized, it was that it says that John, the baptizer, was baptizing in Bathabara because of the Jordan, because there is what much water there. You remember that scripture? Do you know where Bethabara is? That's Beth means house, and Bara is passage. It's the place of the passage where they crossed over. It's the place of the passage is where he was baptized. And you remember as John was baptizing and those folks came there saying, we're Abraham's seed and blah, blah, blah. You remember what John said to them? We are his children. What did he say? These what? These what? The 12 stones, they were at the place of passage. The place of the memorial unto God of where you got a new life. And they're saying, I don't want to believe. And he says, you might not, but God can raise up of these stones that you're supposed to be telling your children about every day. You're supposed to be reminding them of who you are and how you got here because God did a mighty work and these stones represent what God has done for you and you are giving up on God. So don't tell me about who you are. These stones could be raised up by God to shout out who He is and what He's done. Amen. Is that not powerful? All of that is represented in this crossing. The barrier was broken, folks, by the Lord Jesus Christ. The ark that stepped into the water and separated the barrier between where I am and where I need to go. And if I pass through that barrier, my sins are going to be buried back in here. They're going to die and be carried back by Yeshua to there. And my new person, my new life, is going to be delivered on the other side in Gilgal, the place of eternal life, the circle. If you have not made that decision today, it's your day. You remember when we read, it said they hurried across. And I said, today's the day. Because whenever you know the truth, 
Don't wait for another day. Hurry across. Today is the day. So if you have not made that decision, today's the day. I've got clothes back here that you can change in. You don't have to get what you're wearing wet. We've got it. The water's warm. It's clean. It's ready. It's ready for that old man to be crucified. The stone's left there. The, the circumcision of our old man to be left buried there and rise up a new creature in Christ. If you have done that, then praise God and let this be a memorial. This entire section of Scripture to be a memorial unto God on what He has done for you. So that what? What was it all for? So that we can tell our children what great things God has done for us. And you reenact it so that they follow you and that they have that same faith in the living God who goes over to fight your enemies before you let's pray I, I and i forgot to tell the ray and them to come on up come on up real quick before we pray come on up but please if you've not i get wound up i just forgot where i was at forgive me but if, but if if you have have if if this day, if you have not done that, today's your day. Don't let it pass by. And if not, this is our memorial. This is what you walk in. Remember, it was after three days. Every day, you're walking in the power of the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. They crossed over those two and a half tribes. It was there for a purpose. They crossed over what? Armed. That means prepared and ready for battle. Buddy, it's a battle the moment you cross over. Into that realm because now you are marked. You've got the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says that he has sealed you. And all the devils of hell know who you are. And you have that mark and the battle is on. And they're coming after you. So you better be ready and prepared. Amen. Let's pray. Father we lift you up and we exalt you in your word this day. This day Father may you be glorified by your holy and divine word. And. Father, may the Holy Spirit make this real. Make, may this word be more real to us than the things that we see, feel, taste, smell. Father, your word needs to be our manna. It needs to be what's real. May we dive into it. May it be clear to us and may we exalt you in our life. We are walking as new creatures under righteousness in thee. Our old man is gone. I pray for courage for those who have not made that decision that they make that today. I pray for those of us who have made that decision that we walk in courage, prepared and armed and ready and knowing that we always keep our eye on the ark, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our guide, our shield, our faith. Father, may you just be blessed and glorified by the power of your word and may we be challenged by it this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.